What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at Indy Nickerson on Twitter while it's slowly disintegrating into a thousand burning pieces. Or at Romancing Nancy on Twitter, if you're so inclined, which mm, we'll see. We'll see how long this shit lasts. Mm, as it, It's just slowly decomposing. It's just been real bad. Welcome to a special holiday episode. So this should be released probably December 23rd, which means if you are about to celebrate a holiday, fabulous. If you're about to dread a holiday, I'm sorry. Please enjoy this story that is written for eight-year-olds about Nancy Drew. <laughs> um, last week we did Werewolf in a Wonder Wonderland. This week we're doing the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery, which... I mean, of course, I did not check any dates on anything because why would I? But this one is like late 90s instead. So no cell phones. I I don't... That's probably true. I think that there's one point in the book where I was like, if she had a cell phone, she'd probably use it right now. So mm, there's there's a lot that's just left to the imagination for this one. Um, so again, we're in the digest, which means that we're... It's like a continuation from the original mystery stories, but mm, I would... Honestly, based on the age level at which it's written, I would say written for a slightly younger audience than the mystery stories. So a thing that happens in the digests that doesn't happen as much in the files is the files, Nancy can investigate murder. Like generally Nancy's investigating a suspicious death or something that somebody tells her like, oh, this person died, but I don't think that the cops got the right idea about it. Um, she can investigate more more serious crimes. In the Digest, the mystery story is somewhat, but the Digest very much, it's like, okay, she can't investigate murder. There can't, there are no deaths in these books. If you read like the mystery stories, like there can be mysterious vanishings, but generally not so much with the murder. Um, you'll have criminals who are stealing stuff, who are sabotaging stuff, who are um, smuggling, like that kind of thing. And that's the kind of thing that she's generally allowed to, to investigate during these. Also, there's of course people who misplace family heirlooms that if sold would be worth a tremendous amount of money and Nancy trying to recover them before somebody else can get to them. So this is kind of in that vein ish a bit. Um, and for this one, I like violently rejected remembering any names. So I'm going to guess it's some and the rest I'm just going to make up. <laughs> I was reading it and was like, first off, the thing that annoyed me the most, and you know this about me, because we spent many, many episodes together, is that Ned is not even fucking mentioned. Like, okay, at least in Werewolf in a Winter Wonderland, they could head up the sweat lodge. But in this book, not he's not even mentioned. It's not even like, oh, my boyfriend is away at college. It's no, absolutely not. The flip side of that is that if you enjoy reading Nancy as asexual, you can read this book with zero apprehension that anything is going to prove you wrong because there's no romantic tension between Nancy and any other character. There's none. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. So, and again, when you're eight, that's fine. So, no judgment. When you're 18, that's fine. When you're 80, it's fine. But anyway, so you, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, there was never going to be any banging in this book is, is kind of where I'm getting at for this. Um, the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery. So this opens up with Nancy and George. Yeah, Nancy and George are going by the dance school that they used to go to when they were 10. Where they did ballet. Side note. Let's just immediately do a side note. Um, so I took ballet and I was I'm not really a ballet enthusiast, even though like in the like 
in the 90s. Like, that was the thing. You could be a horse girl or a ballet girl. I don't, generally, you were not both. Um, so this kind of fits into that. But they're saying when we were 10, we performed in the Nutcracker. And I was like, okay, so when you're 10, if you're doing ballet, um, you've been doing it for a hot minute. Like they have, the intro classes have like toddlers in them. Like these are, these are the hardcore moms. And so when they were like, yeah, we did it when we were 10, I was like, okay, so you were like a, a dabbler. You were not an enthusiast. Nobody was pushing this on you. It was like, this will be your career or this is going to be a thing that you do a lot. So anyway, I was just like, oh, this kind of takes, it's not, it's not like really a plot and it picks so much as it like, okay, that's just an observation that this was just like a, a thing, a thing they were doing because everybody else was doing it because it was popular. Um, yeah. Um, the other thing that happens in here is that, um, again, with the, they would have been older than the age, like seriously, if you're doing like an intro ballet class at the age of 10, you're going to be in there with four year olds. Um, the other thing is that Nancy specifically says that none of us were really good at it, which I do love that disconnect with continuity from the mystery stories where you know that anything that Nancy tries she's immediately going to kick ass at like she might need to practice for a minute but she gonna kick your ass at it and again in the files when Nancy's like well I can pretend to be a professional tennis player like as though it's a thing that people can do so it's fine so Nancy and George like I'm not going to say they're, like, nostalgic over this place, but it's like, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, a thing that we did. So they have, like, I guess fondish memories of the place. But Bess has been working there. Like, she ran into the woman who runs the place, Madame Dupree. Um, I think. Again, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, So Madame Dupree ran into Bess and was like, oh, I need help with prepping for the Nutcracker because, like, my life is in shambles. And Bess was like... I will help you. I am that kind of person. So she invited Bess and George, um, Bess invited Nancy and George to come by and like pick her up for lunch or something so that they could see the place. The place is in shambles. The place is run down. Um, it's a big building. It's apparently one that she, that Madame Dupree bought to specifically renovate for the dancing school. So th- she's had it for at least like eight, 10 years. Um, like the paint's peeling when they come up on the front step, like, again, this is a winter book. Um, when they come up on the front steps, like it's a fucking sheet of ice and Nancy looks at it and she's like, what the fuck? Like, no, Madame Dupree never did this. She was always real, real, like good about salt and sand and making sure that the ballerinas were not going to fall on their tiny brittle asses. So I don't, I don't know what's happening here. And George was like, yeah. George, of course, is prepping for a cross-country skiing competition, which, again, interesting continuity with Werewolf in a Winter Wonderland, because that was a thing that they were doing in that book. And, again, a thing that in the files, not so much. Like, if Nancy and Ned are going to be cross-country skiing, they're almost always going to be doing it as a destination. So it's not going to be, like, a local thing for River Heights. It's not like we're going to reenact the Donner Party with some makeshift snowshoes. Um... So, yeah, they go by. It's it's just not looking great. Like, it's clearly in disrepair. Um, Bess has told them that apparently the rent went up significantly. And she's been having trouble keeping people on staff, keeping people paid. Like, there, it's just been a bunch of shit that's been going on. So, to make this Nutcracker performance extra special, she has invited back one of the like the best ballerina that was dancing with her company, which Nancy and her friends know because of course, you know, they would have had some overlap. Her name is Shayna, she guessed. Um, And so she's actually, she went to New York to do ballet. 
And so, of course, like, she's the hot bitch. She's, she is the shit. So, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, she's here. Yes, yes. And Nancy and her friends are like, yeah, she was chill. It's fine. Like, you know, they don't, they don't seem to be, like, particularly close to her. But they, it's like, oh, yeah, we went to school together. We were friends. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, just, you know, it's fine. Um, so, they go to see Bess. And Bess is working in the basement. The creepy, creepy serial killer basement. Which, again, if these were different books if there were different books um with this old lady i cannot fucking remember the name and will lansky i don't know anyway so she's working in the basement with old lady and old lady's like hunched over cardigan cane she's like yeah i I just love doing sewing and i ran into madame dupree at the grocery store and she was like yeah i need help with costumes and and i was like okay i'll do it so yeah and Bess is like she works all the damn time this lady she's this old lady is just I'm, i'm glad she's getting out of the house because my god she's just loving this shit loving it I I mean, I'm fine with it because again, like Bess is coded in the books as feminine. So anything that you would define as in the feminine sphere, then Bess is probably going to be at least decent at. She's an accomplished young lady who can probably play a minaret. Um, so yeah. Um, the first thing that happens is a fire. Oh, yes. Um, so I was like, there's, there's a bunch of shit that happens in this book. So all of a sudden, one of them smells fire. Um, they, they see smoke. They evacuate everybody and get them into the parking lot, which of course is fucking freezing to shit. And they haven't stopped to get anybody's coat. So they have to like get them into vehicles. And the funniest thing though, is that Nancy looks at back toward where she's pretty sure the fire is based on where she sensed it. And she's like, I think I could. And Bess is like, get your fucking ass to the parking lot. Wait for the firefighters. Do not. And Nancy's like, yeah, that's that's legit. And you're like, yes. I mean, could Nancy have put out the fire? Of course she fucking could have. She is superhuman. But yeah, it's it's good fire safety, eight-year-olds, to not try to put out a fire by yourself. Just going to throw that out there. So. They get everybody in the parking lot, like, parents are coming by to pick up their kids. It's all just, like, sobbing and chaos. And they also have a school van, I guess, for field trips. I don't know. Um, perform? Uh, I don't, I don't, fuck, it. I neither know nor care. So, uh, the co- the firefighters, the fire cops. <laughs> that actually makes a lot more sense. The fire cops come out and they're like, okay, we've put out the fire. There was a lit cigarette that lit a car- a curtain. And everyone's like... Huh. Which, again, I was like, oh, late 90s, okay. Because this was before, like, smoking was banned everywhere. Um, But they're like, yeah, so apparently somebody just didn't put out their cigarette entirely and threw it and it it lit a curtain. And I was like, again, fishy. Feeling fishy about that. So then the fire cop is like, and I have this list of grievances. (laughs) He's noticed all these fucking code violations when he's been walking around. He's like, there's a stack of oily rags. I was like, isn't there always, isn't there always a fucking stack of oily rags? Like, spontaneously, fire loves it. Also, like, some chairs that are stacked up over, over a fire exit. Like, all this bullshit. Like, he, he hands her a list and he's like, you gotta fi- get this fixed by Friday. And Madame Dupree's like, son of a bitch. Like, I don't, I have neither the time nor the money to fix all this shit. Son of a bitch. And Nancy's like, we'll figure it out. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. Because, like, Bess and George are like, Bess, you're such a soft touch. And she's like, you're one to talk. Because, you know. Anyway. 
Um, so yeah, they go back inside, like, they tore down the curtain that was on fire. Um, but when Nancy goes back there to see if there's any other clues, because of course there's gonna be fucking clues, she finds an embroidered initial handkerchief, and I was like, because when you're a villain in a Nancy Drew book, you need to come correct. You need to put your initials on shit. She finds the initials GT, which doesn't match the initials of anybody that is working there currently. I was like, again, like, it feels like you're narrowing down your suspect pool to somebody who would have an embroidered initial handkerchief. It's going to be somebody from the South. Were those elaborate initials? That's how you're going to know whether they were from the South. If it's tasteful, no. If it's like big old flowery script, maybe some chancery, you're looking for somebody Southern. Find somebody with an accent. Anyway. So, the next thing that happens is they go back in and they're doing another rehearsal, which, okay, so Shayna, the prima ballerina who went to New York, who is now in the Cordy Ballet, like, she's not, she's not, like, the big shit in New York, of course. She's, like, just starting out there. But she made it to the being a dancer in, in New York. I want to just, just throw you out of the narrative for a second. As a side note, Nancy plus ballet always gives me flashbacks to Nancy Drew Files number nine, which is one after Nancy and Ned broke up, where Nancy is investigating a mystery for Ned's new girlfriend, who is a ballerina. So I have feelings about this, and so it just it just triggers some shit from me where I'm like, oh no, oh no, Nancy plus ballet equals no Ned. No, no. Even though I was like, y'all totally banged in that back room when you were locked in. Um. Anyway, so yeah, bad, bad times. Um, so Shayna's practicing at the bar and the bar fucking falls off the wall and onto her ankle and she's like, oh no, and everybody has to pick it up and it's real, real bad. And Nancy investigates it and she's like, okay, so there are eight screw holes and two screws. Someone did this. And Shayna's like, who would do this? So who could do this? You're asking. Okay. First off, everyone, uh, there's toddlers. Did they get hold of a monkey wrench? Probably. But the other thing is that Lawrence, who is playing the male lead, I'm going to confess here that I've never actually watched the entire fucking Nutcracker Ballet. Um, I've seen bits, of course, because I'm a human being living in this current time period. But I never, like, sat down and been like, oh, yes, I understand the entire plot and everything makes sense. Like, they t- they refer to the Mouse King mask, like, having, like, eight faces on it or some shit, um, I think. There's, of course, the pre- the requisite nutcracker. Um, there's a little girl. There, I don't... Anyway, there's there's just a bunch of shit. They're like, yes, and then there's Sugar Plum Fairy, and I think that that's Shayna. And there's... I don't care. Anyway, Lawrence is the name of the male lead in this. What's his name? I don't fucking care. Um, I don't know the name of the play thing. Um, anyway, so he wanted to choreograph the entire thing. I was like... Ha- does does one have a lot of freedom when choreographing the Nutcracker? I I thought that probably it was just kind of like and and you do a lot of spinning anyway. So again, that one year ballet just soured me entirely. Um. <laughs> so anyway, so Shayna and Lawrence are having an issue because first off, and the book is hilarious about this. It's like are, if they're eight, do they understand about boyfriends and girlfriends? So they're like. So we were, fr- she pauses, friends, and, and I was like, so y'all were banging. Um, she was like, yeah, we just, we had a, I thought that we were, and, and she kind of like trails off meaningfully, and I'm like, okay, first off, this is not a 1920s like meaningful glances thing. Mm, it's, it's fine for y'all to say that you had a thing, it's fine. Um, but 
it's very much like, and, and it could have, it sounds like there was definitely like a mutual crush on both sides, but nothing came of it. Anyway, so now they like fucking hate each other. Apparently because Lawrence wanted to go to New York and kind of feels like Shayna abandoned him back in River Heights by not taking him with her. And Shayna was like, no, that's your, you put on your big boy pants or your big boy leotard as it may be. And you go to New York and you work your ass off like I did and you make it for yourself. Like, I, mm, what can I tell you? This is not a thing that I can do for you. This is a thing that you need to do for yourself. And I will be really proud of you if you do. But anyway, so there's kind of like, I'm not going to say bad blood, but something close to it. So anyway, they're practicing and like Nancy's like, who could have done this? And they like, they know about Lawrence and they're like, mm, and she's like, no, no. I mean, is he fucking weird as shit? Yeah. But he, he wouldn't do this because it like fucking falls on her ankle and everybody's like, are you fucking okay? Because, oh my God, you're supposed to dance in like four days. And she's like, I, I think I'm okay. Let me, let me ice this shit up. And you're like, yeah, bitch, ice that shit up. Just ice bath, wake up in a bath like your kidneys have been taken from you. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I think at that point they're like, let's call it a day because everything's falling apart here. Um, yeah, it's bad. Nancy goes to talk to, um, Madame Dupree and like everything is going wrong, everything. And I think that I can't remember what the straw was that broke this particular bag. Um, I think that also like people's stuff have been stolen, which again, some point shoes have been stolen. And I was like, again, harkening back to Nancy Drew Files number nine, when the point shoes were being stolen because there was a massive jewel hidden in the toe of one of them. Um, but anyway, so some of the students have reported that their toe, their point shoes have been stolen or misplaced or something, or just like, it's just general mayhem is, is how it was, what's coming off here. Just general mayhem. Um, so one of the girls, like her mom comes, Mrs. Patterson, and she's like, this is the last straw. Like, this is completely unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm pulling my child out and I'm not doing props for you either, bitch. And Nancy's like, oh, and so Madame Dupree is like, uh, sobbing gently oh no but props and Nancy's like uh I can do that no that's fine and Madame Dupree's like oh yay of course and I was like we know your type Madame Dupree we know you okay so during the bar collapse event um there was this little mousy dude who shit who am I picturing okay He's this guy who is, like, just generally a mousy type guy who just looks sweaty all the time. Um, anyway, but I was like, because I have theories about this book, because, again, Ned's not in it, so that means that my, my brain just ran with it. I was like, okay, so he is, did Elrond have any nephews? Enemy of the pod, Elrond. Um, I don't know, or maybe it was Elrond in disguise who was like, who was just like, yeah, I can play piano. Um, because... This random dude, this rando, answered a Craigslist ad where she was like, where Madame Dupree was like, I need somebody to play piano at my ballet school for free. And he was like, oh, I'm a music student and this will be good practice for me. And yeah. So the thing is that like, I I don't, I think that his name in the book is Ralph, maybe. Maybe I made that up. Um, he's been playing there for free and he never talks to anyone about anything. Like he just seems super bitter about everything. I was like, Elrond. It's, it's before Scientology took off. He's, he's just feeling real bitter about life and things. Um, 
and who's who's not being healed through music through music means um so yeah so there's that dude who's like as soon, after shana gets hurt and she's like let's let's just put off practice for a minute he's like well i'm not available later and everyone's like wow bitch okay um she's like well we'll just reschedule and he's like all right and just like flounces out of there and everyone's like okay dramatic sure but again we're not paying for it so it's it's fine and hilariously like later on in the book Nancy's like do you know anything about him and she and Madame Dupree's like no he he said he'd play for free I didn't have him fill out a W-2 <laughs> and Nancy's like yeah as a side note as a person who is aware of children um maybe do background checks on randos who were like yes please let me be at your music school around children just saying just just saying i'm i'm just i'm just asking questions anyway so um nancy and her friends are helping do the props um when nancy's going through the prop room she's like what the fuck do i need for this and so she finds a list that says like for the nutcracker and nancy's like son of a bitch thank god so she's checking shit off as she finds it which again everything's a fucking mess um she moves stuff around and stuff falls down as though it was kind of propped up there to fall like it looks like people have been fucking with it um the other thing is that she sees like box of ornaments is on the list and she's like huh so she goes through everything that would make sense for it to be which bt dubs um the prop room is like this kind of built-on addition that has no heat and air it's like all concrete it's kind of musty in there kind of moldy nancy's like yeah i'm loving every part of this feeling like this is a class action lawsuit waiting to happen but okay um so she can't find the ornaments she goes to Madame Dupree, who is like, look at these pictures on my wall, and is, like, pointing out that she's got pictures of herself dancing the lead in the Nutcracker, like, 35 years ago, and Nancy's like, that's cool, um, I can't find the ornaments, and Madame Dupree's like, what do you mean you can't find them, and Nancy's like, what I said, um, any, any clues, and Madame Dupree's like, no, Mrs. Farnsworth donated those ornaments, and that was, like, gonna be a, like, a, a fundraiser point there's gonna be a gala is like she's like you gotta find him and it's like okay um i didn't i wasn't in charge of the prop room when they were fucking dropped off so okay so she goes around can't find him anywhere um the previous prop lady she calls her house and she's like hey so and she's like and the woman who previously was doing props and is super salty is like oh they're on the sleigh and nancy's like yeah, they're not. Okay. Um, they're antique ornaments. I was like, again, how are, I mean, sure, sure. They're antique ornaments. No, no big. That's fine. So of course they're expensive and it would like be really bad if, because apparently she's told people that that's going to be a thing. So it'd be real bad if Nancy can't find them. And she's like, okay, um, well, somebody's walking off with shit. Maybe, um, because when she talks to the old lady who donated them, the old lady's like, yeah, I have my chauffeur to bring them by on Tuesday. And Nancy's like, fuck. So, yeah, she's like, yeah, I got no fucking clue where these bitches are. None. So Nancy goes home that night, goes up into her own attic, finds a box of ornaments, and is like, well, I mean, these will do for rehearsal. And she just, like, fucking glues, uh, hot glues some lace and, and glitter onto him. And she's like, all right, done. And I was like, I feel that. Like, she even gets George involved. And George is like, not not the way that I wanted to spend this day. But anything for you, girl. Anything for you. Besties. So. Also, yogurt heaven. Um, that is the nearby place that everybody goes to eat that... Nancy and Bess and George are like, yeah, we remember when we used to eat here and we would get yogurt and also like some ridiculous decadent thing. And I was like, yeah, yogurt heaven, you know what you're about. 
you're here for healthy food and you're also here for like a triple chocolate cheesecake. Um, so yeah, they go there every now and then. Now here's the thing. So Shayna is the oldest of three girls and the youngest is playing Clara. She said with all sorts of question marks in her voice. Um, the middle one though is like, like around 15, I think. And she has a passionate, passionate crush on Lawrence. She is like, we are destined to be together. Like she's writing fanfic about it. She's writing his initials on all of her notebooks. She's like with glitter. It's, it's a thing. She's like, I'm going to manifest this. I am manifesting it. So anytime that Shayna and Lawrence are near each other, like middle sister is like, fuck you. Like she, she hates her, hates her. Um, when Nancy and her friends go to yogurt heaven, Lawrence and middle sister come in and they're talking and Lawrence is like, yeah, it was pretty funny when blah, blah, have them. Um, BT dubs, like the girls walk in and see Shayna and Lawrence practicing, which you're like, or no, no, they were practicing. And like Lawrence is supposed to pick her up like dirty dancing move, like to lift her up over his head. And he like basically nearly tosses her over his shoulder because he like loses his grip or something. And she's like, fuck you. And he's like, you were wiggly. I don't know. And they both look at Nancy and they're like, I'm right. And Nancy's like, I couldn't say what the fuck just happened. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, I don't know, a trampoline. I don't know. You you need to fix this. Anyway, so middle sister is like, (gasps) did you see it? Yes, that was fantastic. And Lawrence is like, yeah, that was sure. Um, anyway, it's just, she is relishing the idea of her. She's like, I hope she falls and breaks her neck. And I was like, cool. Good, good for, yeah. Again, it's not going to happen because this is a digest book, but okay. Um, the other weird thing that happens is I think that they're up on stage, like maybe trying to like get all the props in the correct position. I think that they're also having Shayna and Lawrence like enact their main dance. Again, I have no fucking clue. And everyone's like, oh my god, they're so cute together. And of course, middle sister's like, I'm gonna set this place on fucking fire. And we're like, it's already happened, on. It's already happened. Um, But all of a sudden, the snow machine starts working. Like, suddenly there's like flakes of snow falling down on the stage and everybody's like oh my god that's that's unusual and what and it's soap flakes and so like the stage gets really slippery and everybody's falling on their ass and like madame dupree like flies off the stage (laughs) into the into the fucking stands and is like oh my god what happened and everyone's like you need an ambulance and she's like no no i can't afford it um i'm fine i'm fine i just need an ice bath like, my kidneys have been stolen. Um, so, yeah, it's just, and Nancy's like, okay, there's a bunch of shit going on here. Like, the, somebody did this, somebody did this. Um, she comes back later on to, I can't remember exactly why Nancy comes back, like, later on one night. I think it's the night of the gala, and I think that Nancy is, like, trying to see if there's maybe a clue to something. Maybe there's something that she wanted to pick up or that she thought she ever looked. I don't know. But anyway, she goes by with Bess. Like they're both dressed for the galo in, in like 15 year old dressy clothes where it's like, I'm going to wear a cute party dress and flats. And you're like, that's adorable. I love you. I love you. Never change. Makeup. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so they come in and, um, 
I can't remember exactly. Anyway, they go into the prop room. Like, they, they hear something. There's somebody, like, making some sort of noises near the prop room. They go into the prop room. Um, the mouse head, that mouse king head that I told you about, like, gets thrown at them. And, of course, Beth screams because... And who wouldn't? Let's be real. And somebody fucking locks them in there with no light on. Like, none of the lights are on. So, they feel around. They find the light switch. Nothing. So, the person, like, actually, like, threw the fuse. Um... They're, they're like stumbling around. Nancy's like, son of a bitch, my fucking lockpick kid is in the car. And then George is like, and Bess, I'm sorry. Bess is like, isn't there another door to this room? And Nancy's like, yeah, let's, let's find that door. <laughs> so they eventually, I think that they find the other door, but then they hear somebody and Lawrence comes in with a tire iron and he's like, ah, and the girls were like, what the fuck? And he's like, I heard, I saw a light and it, uh, there was somebody and they're like, sure. And the other thing is that while they're in there, they've been hearing like squeak, squeak sounds. And Nancy's like, yeah, that's mice. And Bess is like, what? And like leaps five feet into the air and onto the sleigh. Um, and Nancy's like, yeah, you might want to get out of here because I've been hearing mice. And Lawrence is like, mice, thank God. And Nancy's like, okay, weirdo, what? And he's like, yes, I had some mice in my locker to feed to my pet snake and um, somebody let them out. So I'm glad that you found them. And Nancy's like, sure that sounds absolutely normal in every possible way glad glad we had this conversation um the other thing is that lawrence lawrence hand like is the kind of the go-to guy for all the random shit that madame dupree can't get done so like nancy was trying to move some stuff around on the fucking nutcracker the actual legit nutcracker thingy fell down and broke into three pieces and lawrence was like i'll fix it so he took it home and hot glued it and brought it back um, he's like, be more careful next time. You wouldn't want your head to fall off. And Nancy's like, was that a threat? <laughs> or was he just being dumb? <laughs> I can't tell. He seems like an idiot. Um, so he, Lawrence recovers some mice. This is a plot point that never comes up again. I was like, anyone with a pet snake, I've got questions. I've got follow-up questions. Are you a supervillain? Do you have supervillain aspirations? Is this a thing that you are into? Like, tell me everything. But it never comes up again. Um, then, um, I think that Nancy and Bess are like, okay, we need to go to the, we need to go ahead to the gala. Um, we know that somebody broke in. I don't think that they find any evidence of anything that has been taken or anything. They're just like, well, somebody broke in for some reason. And when they're heading to the gala, I think, um, the van from the ballet school starts chasing them. Like, and Nancy's like, what the fuck? And Nancy's in her Mustang. The conditions are icy. At one, like, she finally, the van rear-ends her. She loses control of the car, like, slams into an intersection. Miraculously, they do not get hurt. But, like, five or six cars get involved in, like, a pileup because they were trying to avoid her. So, the thing is that Nancy sees the van. I think she sees the van. Um, the van was stolen from the ballet school parking lot. And it goes by a new apartment complex. Now, the new apartment complex is actually like four different buildings like, like that are built around a courtyard. And Bess is like, oh, yes, the apartment's for singles. And I was like, what? The Sure, River Heights has a swinging singles community. Just active seniors and, and also teens who are into banging. Um, it's fine. So they see the van near there and Nancy's like, huh? Okay. Okay. Um, the van after it rear ends, Nancy sends her off the road and like careens into the sunset. Um, when they return to the ballet school, it's back. Like after they get through the police report and everything, it's back. And so Nancy's like, oh, okay. 
Okay. So the mouse head is in the van. So, of course, Bess screams because who wants to see a huge mouse head? No one. Um, and also Nancy finds some footprints in the snow that have, like, pointed toes. So she's like, that's interesting. And also the feet are too small to be Lawrence's. Lawrence has pretty big feet. I guess that's legit from a male ballet dancer, considering everything they're going to have to do, but it's fine. Um, sure. So they go to the gala. Um, Nancy's like, was Lawrence involved? Because, of course, he was the one who came in there with tire iron. It would make sense for him to be like, I turned the fuses back on and blah, blah, um, to, like, throw them off the scent and everything. So Nancy's like, mm. Also, because they had to stop and follow a police report, he would have had ample time to get back to the gala. Um, also, the middle sister is with him, and Nancy's like, would she have done this? Hmm. reasons so anyway um shana and lawrence have to make nice at each other and everyone's like but i mean y'all y'all have tension you have tension between you cute tension maybe it's gonna lead to passionate making out during the ballet we don't know um the middle sister gets all like flounces off and is mad and everything um she refused to come with her older sister she was just throwing a fit about everything um and when Nancy confronts Lawrence, she's like, okay, so things look sketch for you. Like, you don't like Shayna because she's um, choreographing this event. Um, y'all, you know, the you have weird, like, love triangle shit going on between these two sisters. Like, mm. what she finds out is that Lawrence had a talk with middle sister and was like, look, I like you as a friend, but, mm, and this is never going to go anywhere. And so she flipped the fuck out. Like she, she was definitely reading a lot into that relationship that was absolutely not there. And so when she threw a fit, like she was very emotional and everything. Um, like Nancy goes to, to find middle sister after she flounces off and she's crying in the bathroom and Nancy's like, are you okay? Like, are you, have you been responsible for any of the stuff that's been going on at the school? And she like basically flat out refuses to answer. Nancy finds out that she was responsible for the soap in the, in the snow machine, but she admits to nothing else. Like, she says that was the only thing, and I I was like, okay, I know next to nothing about snow machines. I It feels like that is not a spur-of-the-moment prank. It feels like that's a thing that you would need to be like, I need to go to the store and buy soap flakes and have them at the ready, and also, wouldn't it take a massive quantity of snow, um, soap flakes? I... Anyway, it doesn't feel like a thing that you could just, you know, casually pull off. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a thing that people do all the time. Okay, so it's fucking 11 o'clock. And this is Gala, which, again, like, people are supposed to be there. Like, the, the old lady who donated the decoration Donated. Linda loaned the decorations is there. She's like, oh, have you found the ornaments? And he's like, yeah, totally. I'm really close to finding them. Bye. Like, no, she hasn't. Um... Um, what's the other thing? Like, they've got, like, the performers who were there, and it's, like, fucking 11 o'clock at night, and they're all like, oh, we're really tired. And I was like, again, like, if they're older kids, sure, but anyone with toddlers is hating you right now and cursing your name in every possible way, because those, those babies ain't ever going to sleep, so. Um, but anyway, so after that, like, yeah, like, Nancy's like... Shayna, you and Lawrence, and Shayna's like, yeah, I thought we had a thing, and blah, blah, and I can't believe he hates me, and he's like, I don't think he hates you, but, I mean, maybe have a conversation with him, and try to not immediately kill him, but, I mean, it's fine. No big, no big. Um, I think the next day, like, Nancy and George are painting candy stripes onto the posts for the, I don't know, it's, it's just, anyway. Um, Bess is still helping out in the basement with Old Lady, um, who, you know, is, 
I can't remember. Like, there was some sort of alarm, and she came up, and she was like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to go back to the basement. And you're like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Any Anyone who was, like, conspicuously old lady in these books, I'm like, you're not an old lady. It's fine. Um, the other thing, the other weird thing that happens, I'm pretty sure, is that um, Madame Dupree's office is broken into, and it's, like, completely ransacked. And I can't remember. I think this happens when other people are there. Like, they, they become aware that there's something going on. Um, the person steals a picture from the wall. Remember that the pictures on the wall in Madame Dupree's office were of her in the Nutcracker Ballet um, 35 years ago. Nancy says, okay, there is a clue to the person behind this and those pictures. Again, she has this handkerchief with the initial GT that she can't track down. She's got this, somebody stole a picture from the Nutcracker. And Nancy's like, do you have another copy of the picture? And Madame Therese like, of course I do. Here it is. And I was like, I'm calling bullshit on all this. It's a 35-year-old picture. It's a 35-year-old picture. I would not even... I'd be like, you were lucky to have seen the original. Like, holy shit. It's... Anyway, but she immediately pulls out a, a replacement. And Nancy's like, okay. Everybody in the picture seems to be fine, except for one girl who's standing off to the side looking at Madame Dupree as though she would like to eviscerate her and maybe then roast her on a spit. And Nancy's like, tell me more about this bitch. And Madame Dupree's like, oh yeah, so we both went up for the Sugar Plum Fairy part and I got it and she didn't and she hated me and thought that she deserved it and you know how it is, ballet. And Nancy's like, I'm aware. So she hates you. And Nancy's like, "What? what was her name? And she's like, Grace Turner. And Nancy's like, GT. And Madame Dupree's like, that can't be what's going on here. That was 35 fucking years ago. And he's like, what do you know about her? And like, has she, did she go on to become a famous ballerina? And Madame Dupree's like, uh, no. Like, basically after that, she kind of fell off the map. I have no clue what she's up to now. And Nancy's like, cool, I'm gonna head up Facebook. So, um, the other thing that happens... Oh my God. And then Nancy's like, okay, so what would she look like now? So she takes the fucking picture to Chief McGinnis and she's like, Chief McGinnis, I have a, a task for you. As I have previously commented on this show, the cops in Nancy Drew books exist to do Nancy's whims. Like, they're like, we've been waiting for you. We sit here all day long waiting for you to give us orders. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Nancy's like, I need you to do age progression on this picture. And Chief McGinnis is like, cool, I will get the guy who does that to get right on it. It'll be tomorrow. And it's like, okay. Because here's the thing. In the late 90s, I am, I do not think that you, we had any sort of artificial intelligence that would do age progression. I think that it was all basically like artistic rendering. I think, I think. It doesn't actually matter what reality was because this is a Nancy Drew book. Um, but anyway, the person who can do the thing, who can do the magic, is unavailable until tomorrow. Nancy's, he was like, it's Sunday. And Nancy's like, fuck it. Um, <laughs> so, but she wants to know what the person looks like now so that she'll have some idea. Um, I don't I don't remember if anything else weird happens. I th- Like, Nancy's just, like, waiting with bated breath for that picture. When she sees it, she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And then she, like, draws some glasses and some wispy hair on the picture. And Bess and George are like, oh, it's the old lady from the basement. Oh, my God. Because the other thing that happened is that the, the Sugar Plum Fairy outfit, which was, like, hand-fucking embroidered and had, like, sequins sewn into the tulle skirt and, like, had a really nice, like, satin bodice and everything, was, like, torn up with scissors. 
And Shayna was like, oh, no. And everyone's like, no. And that's when Old Lady in the Basement was like, this was all directed at me. I made this costume. And everyone's like, no, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It's just somebody trying to fuck with Madame Dupree. And and it's okay. It's okay. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to get started on this because this is going to take me a hot minute. And everyone's like, it is. It really is. It's fine. Um, So the next day after, they have noticed that... The old lady is the woman who hates her. Um, they're like, where is she? And uh, old lady has taken Shana to the basement fitting room. And everyone's like, oh no, are they alone? They go down there. No one's there. No one's there. Um, completely empty. No no sign that anyone's been there. Um, when they go outside to see if, like, is her car still in the parking lot? Like, what's going on here? Um, and I don't think that her car was ever in the parking lot. Um, I, I don't think it was, but I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, Shayna's car is still there. Um, Shayna's bracelet. They found Shayna's bracelet in the snow and they're looking at the tracks and Nancy's like, here are indicators that she was dragged. And I was like, way to do some pseudoscience. I mean, probably yes, but it's fine. Um, yeah, they're like, Lawrence is like, she would never have taken that bracelet off. And I'm like, sure. This plot point that has not been mentioned up until this point. Sure. Um, so their theory is that old lady kidnapped Shayna, but there's another set of footprints and they're like, she has to have an accomplice. Like she couldn't have pulled all this off on her own. So Nancy's like, okay, do you have her address? So Madame Dupree looks it up and they go to her apartment. And, um, the funny thing is though, that like somebody's like, maybe we should call the cops. And Nancy's like, I know what they're going to say. 48 hours for kidnapping victims. And I was like, bitch, if you called them and said, I have evidence that this bitch has been kidnapped, they would listen to you, but okay. Um, anyway, so they go to her, her first name, her first assumed name is Gertrude. So they go to her apartment and open it up and it's like a shrine to Grace Turner. And it's just like the picture that was stolen has a big red X over Madame Dupree because that's how we roll. That's, that's how we do this. So Nancy walks in and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is her. Like, we have found the supervillain's lair and she is absolutely not here. So they're like, she has to have an accomplice. She has to. Um, she, Nancy's like, best, do you know anything about her? She's like, no, she talked about her husband having died last year, I think. And, uh, like, she didn't talk a lot about her personal life. So um, I don't know. Um, I think they managed to look her up in something and they're like, oh, she's got a nephew. So... And the nephew is that rando, Elron, who was playing piano for free at a ballet school. I was like, again, if if anyone were more clearly, like, giving off some red flags. Just a sentient stack of red flags at this point. So they, they're like, where does he live? And they don't know. Like, I, I guess the only address on file was old for him. So Nancy's like, the white van was going to that new apartment complex. So... So she remembers about where she saw the van and they go up to that door and they find a door buzzer that has his name on it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They also found some canceled checks to him at at the crazy ballet lady's apartment. Um, so they're like, okay, so she's been paying her nephew to like be her accomplice. Sure. Sure. Absolutely tracks. No big. Um, they go to his place. Um, I think that by this point, George is like, okay, I'm going to call the cops. Like we, I think we've got enough evidence here to call the cops. And Nancy's like, go for it. So they get in there. I think Madame Dupree is also goes up with Nancy because she's like, this is about me. And Nancy's like, you should stay in the car. And she's like, fuck no, I'm going to see this through. So 
I think Lawrence is also there. Um, because of course he has to have a tearful reconciliation with Shayna. Um, so they go in and I think that like Shayna's tied to a chair and she's like, mur, 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 and you're like, yes, clearly it's a trap, honey. We know, we know. So like Rando Elrond pops out of nowhere and is like, yes, I'm going to, su-. I don't know. He's got, he's got some sort of weapon in his hand, which they have to wrestle away from him. Um, old lady, of course, attacks Madame Debris because she was like, I hate you. This is all your fault, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, none, none of this was, serious. whatever. So anyway, um, Madame Dupree manages to like punt old lady down the stairs. <laughs> She's like, I didn't even know what I was doing. And Nancy was like, you, your life was in danger. It's fine. Um, I was getting flashbacks to that time when Nancy like sidesteps and Paula like plunges over the railing and dies on the ground. And, and they're like, oh yeah, she's dead. She, she was, mm, mm. and that's like, we're going to need to bang this out of our systems. Um, again, that's not here. Um, so yeah, it's okay. Old lady is not dead. She just like, I don't know, burger leg or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the nephew break Elrond breaks down under questioning. It's like, yeah, she, um, she had this vendetta against Madame Dupree. Now he admits to some of the stuff, some of the less harmful stuff, but he doesn't want to take responsibility for the car crash. And they're like, uh, we got, we got some good evidence though. Because Lawrence was the only one who had keys to it. And Nancy was like, or somebody made copies of the keys. Like, this doesn't seem that far-fetched. And again, this is 1997. And I'm pretty sure that you could copy a car key pretty easily. Um, I think this was before everything was electronic. Um, yeah. So, then it's time for the Nutcracker. And Nancy tells... Nancy's talking to Shayna, and Shayna's like, yeah, I talked to Lawrence, and he's gonna come to New York, and he's gonna try to make it for himself, and I'm really proud of him, and, and I think that, mm, mm, meaningful eyebrows, and Nancy's like, you go, girl, you get it, you get that ballerina, get that ballerina dick, get it, um, yeah, so everything's fine, <laughs> also, I think that they, like, talked to Fire Cop, and Fire Cop was like, I mean, if you need another couple days, that's fine, because I can't, like, okay, she, she's like, the gala, the, the, like, first performance is the same day that he's saying that all of our fire code violations have to be fixed. And I was like, that seems responsible, though. Um, maybe you need to get that shit fixed, because you're gonna have a bunch of people in your theater, and you got a stack of oily racks just waiting for accidents to happen. But okay, okay, you, you do you, hun. Okay, what did we learn? When you have an old lady with a cane and a cardigan, she ain't an old lady. That's that's never how that works. If she's walking all hunched over, that's because she's about to pimp slap you with that cane. That's what you need to know in fiction. Of course, not in real life. Old ladies who are hunched over with canes in real life are generally, I think, who they are appearing to be. Um, also, soap plus snow machine. Not a great look. Not a great thing. And again, that's the only prank that middle sister acknowledged. And, like, she just... Of everybody, like, she feels the most emotionally genuine in this book because she's just, like, a ball of teenage angst where she's like, oh, my God, I hate her. Like, why does she not respect Lawrence for the fantastic Barishnikov that he is? And, oh, my God, I can I can fix him. Like, she's giving just crazed 15-year-old, and I was like, I'm here for it. I think she's supposed to be 18 for the purposes of the book or, like, close to that, but anyway. Um, seriously, like... I get it. She's she's coming off as like, yeah, this is exactly how one would act. Everybody else is like, just Nancy especially is being incredibly rational in almost all situations, which I was like, 
This is better than you getting that weird warning from the completely wrapped from head to foot, quote, fortune teller and being like, I have a creepy feeling. Like, no, you don't, girl. Like, those blue lips were making you feel weird about it. You were pretty sure it was a man. Like, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So the thing about this one, and again, because I have no net in this, I have no romance to focus on, so I had to focus on other things. Um, the thing about this, the thing that would make the most sense to me is if they had made Madame Dupree a person, a person from a marginalized community. So if she had been a person of color, if she had been LGBT, like, and again, this is late nineties, it wouldn't have happened, but I'm just saying I can fantasy cast all I want. I, I put L Ron in here for absolutely no reason. Um, He's playing piano and also plotting. That was the other thing. Like, if you want to make Madame Dupree a person from a marginalized community, the other thing that you could do with this book is to say that, like, Madame Dupree left Scientology, and so they're just fucking fair gaming her because nothing fucking makes sense. Nothing makes... Okay, you are... Grace Turner, you have bided your revenge for 35 years. You're like, I'm going to fuck with everything. Um, why be subtle about any part of this? You already have a fire code violation at the beginning of this fucking book. Wait until like 3 a.m. when nobody's going to be fucking around and burn the shit down. She ain't gonna, ever going to recover from that. She ain't ever going to... That is... That's her baby. That's her dream. That's what she's got a lot of money sunk into. She's like apparently though she didn't buy the building because it says that like her rent went up or maybe it's the rent I don't anyway whatever the fuck because this book is not overly concerned with logistics on almost anything um like if you but the weird thing though is that like the whole accidents around children and giving her a bad reputation I was like that feels fair gamey that does feel fair gamey like there should be flyers in her neighborhood being like she's a witch or some other bullshit like she is a loose woman who entertains men. And I'm like, the fun thing here, and I do think that this would pass the Bechdel test, like, it's a lot of women, like, almost exclusively women. You've got Lawrence, and that's pretty much the, and Rando, like, Elron. Um, but that's it, and Elron has, like, two speaking roles. Um, Lawrence is in it for, like, half the book. But you have a lot of women having conversations that don't involve men. Just about, like, the thing. And, again, that's the thing that I like about Nancy Drew books. Is you see, like, outside relationships, outside heteronormative relationships, you see that happening. But, like, it's very much, like, it doesn't... You've waited 35 years. And for you to be like, I'm going to set a small fire with a cigarette. Like, burn the shit down. Burn it down. Like, we have no clue how she made her money. Like, old lady who is biding her time. We have no idea how she made her money. Um, maybe her husband was like, maybe you don't murder a ballerina. And then once he died, she was like, okay, the revenge plot is back on. Like, rampage. We're just, we're just going to do it. Um, it's just fucking, like, you're you're making weird choices like the whole like i'm gonna get shana injured because you know shana had the absolute gall to be involved in this and and i hate her because she got the role that i didn't get like it's uh some sort of like uh, blah blah generational trauma blah blah like uh, kind of in a way but anyway so the other thing like the fair gaming like where you don't attack the person directly, but you do a lot of shit to inconvenience them slash, like, get them hurt. But you, you're not the person doing it. You're the person who's just, like, watching them at all times. I'm super weird about it. Um, yeah. It's just... Just doesn't fucking... 
It's again, it's, I think, a symptom of the bigger problem here, which is that in the Nancy Drew digests, you have to investigate a very narrow band of mysteries. Like you only have certain options available to you for how this can go down. Sabotage. Okay, this is a sabotage book. This is a who is causing these problems. And it's going to be somebody with a vendetta because, again, Nancy's like, who has, you know, the means, motive, opportunity, blah, blah. Lawrence, if he's mad that he doesn't get to choreograph the play, so he's decided, the ballet, so he's decided to, like, completely fuck it up. Oh, okay. Like, he's super weird, and he's making weird comments, and he also has a pet snake. Um, Shayna wouldn't be hurting herself. It's, uh, like, her sister might be trying to hurt her, but again, like, a lot of people are apparently collateral damage in this, and also the whole cigarette thing, and blah, blah. Like, yeah, it just... It would have made more sense to me if, like, Madame Dupree had been a person of color and um, the old lady had been like, I was mad at her because I felt like she didn't deserve it. It was just like she was getting it and she shouldn't have. Um, 35 years before 90s, yeah, like, and this is, like, late 90s. So, 1960, yeah, yeah, we're we're like a little bit pre-civil rights, but we're still near the beginning of it. Like, mm, I I could have bought that a little bit more. I could have bought that a little bit more. Um, because otherwise it's just super fucking weird. And plus, like again, Madame Dupree is running a fucking ballet school in River Heights, which again, River Heights is a hotbed of just criminal activity. And also, Nancy Drew is there to save the day at almost every point. But like, it's not known for its rich cultural history. Like, it's that's not what they're about. Um, so it just feels weird to be like, you have modest success and I'm going to burn it the fuck down. And the other thing is that like, is capitalism the villain all along? If it's, it's like, you have all these fire code violations and she doesn't look at the list and go, I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't do any of this. This is not a thing. She just looks at it and she's like, that's legit though. And you're like, again, you're like stacks of oily rags everywhere. Um, where it's like she's desperate that this thing has to go off without a hitch because she needs some money because like people are pulling their kids out of school and this is how she's making her money and blah blah and it's like yeah <sighs> anyway so yeah it's it's a weird book also i do love that the only mention of christmas is like and there's a christmas tree on stage like nancy's not like oh i've got some last presents to get or oh wow it's you know i'm i'm so excited for Ned to come home on winter break or anything no no also we don't have the weird thing happening where it's like nancy and her friends are 18 and they are graduated and they are not looking at school and this is like very firmly that as opposed to in werewolf in a winter wonderland where it was like we are classmates and we are on winter break and we are doing our community service because we have burn down too many sacrificial altars so just saying anyway so um yeah we're, we're gonna need to get ned back in here i love him he needs to get back in here in all possible ways um for next time i was like can i find a new year's one and there is a nancy drew hardy voice called new year's evil that i am pretty sure i've read but i don't know i don't know Um, cause I kind of, no, that's not even true. I'm not going to do all the Nancy Drew Hardy boys books. I'm not, because if I do last resort, I will literally set fire to something. It will be a big thing and you'll be able to see it from wherever you are. So we're not going to do that. that mm-hmm. Even though last resort is set in the winter at a ski resort. So it does kind of make some sense, but nope, not touching that book again. Nope. 
absolutely not. Is it in my collection? Of course it is. Because, you know, you have to keep the thing that you hate. You have to keep it so that nobody else can have it. Um, but maybe New Year's Evil. I don't know. I'll check it out and see if I get an aneurysm. Because that's what I do when I'm having to read about these dipshits. I mean, it is really fun, though, to be like, and Frank and Joe Hardy were just completely useless. <laughs> I do love it. That is my jam. I love that Nancy, like, single-handedly is solving, like, a good solid three-quarters in the mystery. And the Hardys are like, we're going to need to punch some stuff. So, we'll we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Anyway. So, that's what I'll probably do, I think, for next week. Because that would be thematically appropriate. And then, when we get back to January, we will hit up the Clue of the Whistling Bagpipes. Where Nancy gets to go to Scotland. I'm so excited. I love the the picture on the front because she's wearing a fucking kilt and she's holding some bagpipes. She looks professional. She looks like she's had some lessons. And you're like, you go, girl. You do you. So until then, please just, I, I know that this can be a rough time. So enjoy. Go back to something that makes you happy if you need to. It's cool. No judgment. It's fine. And until next time, stay sleuthing, my friends.